Hello, and welcome to Pair at the Point, episode three. In episode three and four, we are going to dig in deep into the expansion draft and how the pens are going to handle that. Um, we're going to split this up in between two episodes. Um, episode three will be the forward group, and then episode four will be the defense and goalies. Seth is going to explain the rules um, before we get started, just so everyone knows who can and can't be protected or exposed. So as you know, uh, Seattle uh, has a new team, the Kraken. They'll be the 32nd. Uh, the rules for the expansion draft are essentially the same carbon copy of what the Vegas Golden Knights had a few years back. Um, to refresh your memory, every team can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. Or alternatively, they can protect eight total skaters and one goalie. Now, for obvious reasons, unless you have a very strange circumstance with your defenseman, the first option is going to be better for, for most franchises. Uh, 7-3-1, you, you at least get to protect 10 skaters. So, uh, the stipulations. All players with no movement clauses uh, must be protected unless they decide to waive those clauses. We only have three players uh, with NMCs, no movement clauses. I don't expect that any will waive or be asked to waive. Additionally, all first and second year professionals and unsigned draft choices will be exempt. This is important for a couple of players. Uh, it's John Marino, P.O. Joseph, and then some Wilkes-Barre guys. Yeah, pretty much all of the prospects, uh, whether you're talking about Poulin, Legare, uh, Bellarive, uh, Lee, you're talking about a bu bunch of different guys. The big one is Marino because we won't have to, to, to waste a spot on him and we'll get to keep him. Yeah. Um, and then there's exposure details. Uh, I've, I've sifted through all that. That shouldn't really factor in to uh, our calculations as a franchise other than you need to keep somebody who has played uh, at least, what is it, 40 NHL games the previous season or 70 the previous two seasons. Even with shortened seasons, we have more than enough players on both sides of forward and defense that that shouldn't be an issue. Um, injuries also factor in career-ending injuries. We don't have any of that. So ultimately, it looks as though we're going to go with the seven forward, three defense, one goaltender protected scheme that most other teams will go with. So that will leave a lot of vulnerable players uh, for Seattle's picking um, that will leave us in, in an unfavorable position. So who are the seven, who are the three, who are the one that we would protect? And how do we think that aligns with what the team is looking at? All right, so let's dig into the forwards, the seven forwards. Um, there's some really obvious ones, and then there's some that we don't know what's going to happen. Um, obviously, Crosby and Malkin have full no movement clauses. They're not going to be asked to waive, even with Malkin uh, entering UFA next season. So they're, they're your first two. Very easy. And then I think um, Gensel and Rust are the other two that are definitely safe. Um, and there's, there's multiple reasons for that. Um, obviously, Gensel and Rust are on Sid's line. They're you know, our top line 5v5. Um, they're both pretty crucial on our on our top power, power play unit as well. Um, 
Gens is on a great contract. You know, he could be getting paid so much more somewhere else. And the, the, the type of play and the number of goals we get from him with the amount of money we have to spend, um, it would be crazy um, to not have to not have him on our team. Um, they're both in their primes. You know, they're in their, their late 20s, um, against a little bit younger. But um, they're both, you know, in – they're not overaged and, you know, they're not young rookies anymore. You know, they're both in their primes. They're both um, good, good at the game. They're good at conditioning. You know, they're, they're going to, you know, show up to camp ready. And I think that's really important. Um, They're, they're both great wingers for us. Um, We, you know, kind of have, I think, issues getting good scoring wingers. So that, you know, that they can both put up goals is huge. Um, I don't foresee them breaking up that line, that, that top line. Um, but also they can play with Malkin. They've been proven to play with Malkin either together or separate. So, you know, that's another option. They can plug and play kind of anywhere throughout the lineup if needed. Um, and then ultimately I just think, you know, a player like Brian Rust is our future and potentially our next captain if he stays in Pittsburgh and Sid's no longer um, playing. So I just think a, a player like him, you, you don't really get rid of. Yeah. And he's, he's been so clutch for us in prime moments. Right. It, right. It's hard to, and his attitude is just the kind of attitude. I feel like he's just a good leader in the room and, you know, he's probably one of the best leaders that doesn't wear a letter on his Jersey right now for, for the team. But um, yeah, those, I think those four are, are safe. So that leaves, you know, three spots for a lot of really great players. Um, so those players are Kapanen, McCann, Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, Carter, Tanev, and Zucker. Um, but we do need to mention um, Czar and Bluger are RFAs now, you know, the end of this season. So um, that could play into if we protect, if Seattle wants to take them and sign them. Um, but, you know, that, that kind of plays into it. But generally, everybody else is on a contract at least through the end of next year. Correct. And generally RFAs have very little negotiating power. They're both due raises, and that's definitely part of our calculation. I can't imagine it's part of Seattle's calculation. Right. So they, if they like either player, they're going to take them. No problems. Right. Done. Um, so who did you, after those first four, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rust, who who would you protect next as your highest, so, most valuable player? Uh, my sixth and seventh were harder for me to pick, but five was easy and it's Kapanen. Um, first of all, we gave up a lot to have him on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can really get rid of a player um, like him. He's He's fast. He scores goals. You know, he really stepped up his defensive game this season, especially in the playoffs. I don't know if the analytics really showed that, but I'm just going off of the eye test. And I just think he always looked like he was in the right place. He was always getting back. He just looked great. And, you know, I think he only can get even better. Um, And I know he really, really, really likes playing with Malkin. He could not wait for Malkin to get back from injury. And I think, you know, you get Malkin healthy now that he's had his surgery and you, you get Kapanen, you know, on an off season where he doesn't have to quarantine and come in late and miss training camp. And I just think the two of them together could be dynamite next year. Agreed. A hundred percent. Kapanen's got some really soft hands. I've always been a fan of that pick. Uh, I was 
kind of depressed when we traded it for Kessel. Kessel worked out, obviously, uh, to great acclaim. Yeah, we were happy about Kessel, <laughs> but we were sad we had to give up Kapanen for it. So to see him finally become a Penguin and to kind of flourish this year, um, even barring all the injuries to not only him, but his line mates, yeah. and, he and just the, was to great. The, to the analytic point. You know, some folks will point to the, the fact that his analytics in this this past offseason weren't spectacular in terms of uh, goals expected or uh, Corsi Ford, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that Malkin missed the first couple games, and you know he was kind of tossed around in the lineup. And well, I mean, he started the 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 season on the fourth line, but it wasn't the fourth line we ended with. It was like a fourth line of. Sevier and I don't remember who else, but it was a rough fourth line. But so if you know, even in the playoffs isolated, you look at him and, and the amount of takeaways that he had, the defensive plays he was making, those are really high IQ hockey plays where he's coming back into his own zone, deep into the neutral zone, and picking off passes and going the other way with them. So yes, they didn't translate into goals. But in time, over a larger sample size than six game, they absolutely will. Right. And is a beaut. the puck yeah. just seems to follow him. And that, I mean, that's because he's in the right places and he's doing the right things. And I, I really do think, you know, you got him a more regular season with a training camp. And I mean, we have to realize he came in never playing a, a Pittsburgh Penguin game without training camp and just kind of got thrown into the lineup. You know, that is why he was on the fourth line for a bit. But I, I'm really excited to see what he can do when he's, you know, through a full, a full camp. And, and, and the last thing on Kappen, you know, he's only 24. Yeah. 24 year old forward, first round draft pick. who's put up the results that he has, despite all the adversities faced. He plays well with your second line center. You keep him. That's, it's just, right. it's a, you know, I don't feel like we need to believe. Well, and, and he's a believer in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, after this season, he said, you know, Toronto was great, but nothing's like playing in Pittsburgh. So, you know, he wants to be here. So you, you can't really and him, him, get better than that. Him and Tanav out in the boat, him wearing the pimp hat at the end of the season. He I mean, loves it. Yeah. He's a character, but you can tell he... You need someone like that in the in the room. You could tell the players like him, and he likes just he likes being here. And you know that I think all the off ice stuff helps play into his, you know, level of play and how comfortable he is on the ice. Yeah. So he loosens people up. Goofy younger brother is good to have in the room, uh, when, especially when you have a bunch of old guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we just fangirled Kevin in for a while, um, who is your sixth pick? Uh, for me, this was super easy. As soon as I started diving into the numbers, uh, Jared McCann. Jared McCann is dynamic uh, offensively. And, you know, despite some downtimes and in and around injuries going back to last season, he started and has ended his tenure, or, or tenure in, in Pittsburgh with incredible underlying analytic numbers. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, geek too hard over here, but like, I don't think I've seen this amount of blue for a player that cheap uh, in a long time on a, on any sort of graph. So his goals for per sixty over the last three seasons is a two point six five. His Corsi against per sixty, so basically, essentially, 
you know, how, how capable he is at suppressing shots in the other direction is a 1.8. <laughs> so even, even when he's not lighting the lamp, he's still suppressing shots the other direction because he's keeping it in the offensive zone. And the, and the more that you dive into it, the more that you'll see that. All of his underlying numbers showcase that, yes, he can be a little bit streaky, but he drives offense. Well, and and that's kind of what we've seen. You know, he'll go a lot of games without scoring, but he never looks bad. No. You know, he's always, you know, and he he's a kind of special because he hasn't ever really had a line in Pittsburgh. No. He's really been shifted everywhere. They never really know what to do with him. And he still always plays well. And I think that's very important, especially when you have a team like the Penguins who get very injured. You know, the lines get shifted a lot. If if uh, Malkin's out, he's, he's stepped up and played, you know, 2C. Uh-huh. He's, he can play wing. He's just so diverse. And so Tanov wasn't my sixth save. But he was my seventh. Oof. And I was between him and and Zucker for this. Mm. And I love Jason Zucker. But the way the way the two of them fit in on our team and 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 just I don't know, something about McCann over Zucker, I just had to pick McCann because he just seems to fit in better than Zucker. And he just was so good this year. I mean, especially when Malkin was out, he just increased his level of play so much. And just seeing him on the first power play unit, I know we we touched a little bit on that last episode, but he was so good. His playmaking is super underrated. And his shot. I mean, I, I, I said this about his shot last time, but his shot, like you just don't get rid of a shot like that. And he has the potential to be 25 goals. Well, that's the other does. thing. He, I don't think, is at his top. He's not at the top of his game yet. I think he still has room to get better. And that's scary for other teams. And I don't think you can get rid of a player like him. So let's talk about goal scoring, right? Because that's something that we were, we always need, you always need more of, right? Especially come playoff times when goals become sparse, well, and, going up against defensive teams. So and our core is getting older, and that ultimately is going to relate to them scoring less. I mean, that's just what happens when you get older. Um, so, so we got to find other scoring elsewhere. Can't always rely on on the big guys. So it's hard for me, and I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you why. Tanev wasn't my seventh, but first I want to touch on exposing Zucker because I made the same decision. Did you, well, are we going to go into that? Because Tanev was my sixth and I'll uh, tell you why, but was Zucker your seventh? No. And I'm going to, so I, you're exposing Tanev and Zucker yes. in your, in your fantasy expansion. So, okay. So let's talk about, cause Tanev was, was very borderline for me. The same reason I exposed him is the same reason I exposed Zucker. Um, Because I think their contracts are a little too unwieldy for a team like Seattle to bite on. That said. So you think they're safe even though they're not? Correct. Okay. Um, Beyond that, I think their on-ice impact in terms of driving offense in the last two years has been minimal. I would argue that... Zach Aston Reese has been 
more integral to making the third or fourth line hum. So are you saving? Yes, he was my seventh pick. Okay, but does that, what about him being an RFA? You think, you think that, but you think Seattle would take him and sign him? Yes, And, and the reason being, the reason being, Zach Aston Reese is one of the top defensive forwards in the league. And I have a, I have an affinity for defensive forwards. I think they're very, very important. I don't think you win cups without them. Um, Just reference back to episode two. Yes. My dear little spiel on Bergeron. You know, whether it's Benino or Stahl or, heck, even you know, a player like Talbot or Adams, these are players that are, yes, you think they're dime a dozen, but when you look at the underlying numbers, how many goals they prevented over the years, um, I feel like it's almost underrepresented. Uh, but Zach Aston-Reese really, uh, in terms of shot suppression, uh, prime chance suppression, probably the best winger in the league behind Mark Stone. Expected goals against per 60, it's over three. It's literally maxed out on most charts. He's amazing in the 1,700 minutes he's played with us over the last three years. He has stopped, they projected at least 10 goals on his own, basically. Um, you can plug him on any line and he'll fit right in. He's played alongside Malkin, he's played alongside Bluger, he's played alongside McCann, and he's looked like a, a seamless fit in most instances. Now, what about his lack of scoring? Does that, what do you think about? Like, is that, you're, you're getting, you're exposing, you know, players who may score more goals so i guess part of this comes down to the evaluation like why do you think the penguins lost this offseason was it because they couldn't score enough or is it because they didn't suppress enough high danger chances and in my opinion and this may be an unpopular one it's because they didn't suppress enough high danger chances see i don't think the islanders had many high danger chances the few that they did they buried so I don't know. And if you weren't at all, but if you're taking a team like Tampa and you give them some of the pinches that, you know, Dumoulin made or Pedersen made, are those going to end up in the back of your net? Wouldn't you love to have a Zach Asmaris out there to make sure that even if that happens, nothing, nothing is going to come of it. I don't know. I, you just, you very rarely see somebody come out of nowhere like that to put up those kind of suppression numbers. He's a unique one in a lifetime left wing. Now, see, I, I like, Bizarre. Don't get me wrong here. The reason I didn't protect him is because I think that he's underrated mm-hmm. and that he'll kind of slide under the radar. Same reason I didn't protect Teddy Bluger. Um, I I think we value them. Um, I don't think other teams necessarily see what we see, which is a good thing for the expansion draft. Um, the reason I, I kind of already said, but Zucker, I just... I don't know if he necessarily has a fit on our team. Mm-hmm. Really like Zucker as a person, as a player, um, and I hope he's on our team next season. But there's some other guys I think that fit the bill a little bit better. So the reason Tanev was my sixth, even over McCann, is because of not necessarily his play. I mean, his play, I'll get into that in a minute but because of his personality on and off the ice. I think it might be different if we didn't just lose Hornquist last season, Um, but I think a player like Hornquist, like Tanev, 
who is just high, high, high energy is so important for our team. Um, we don't really have anyone else like that. And sometimes the guys need someone like Tanif who's just going to be like, yeah, let's do this. Like, chug five Red Bulls before the game, whatever. He eats mustard packets on the bench. Like, okay. Like, we don't have anyone else like that. You need that, like, crazy, you know, wild player. And, like, we we had that with Hornquist. And now we have that with Tanev. Um, and then also, like, he – before his injury, he was, like, leading the league in hits. And we don't have anyone else like that on our team. And I know people have talked about maybe us going out and getting a player like that. But, like, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have two players like that. But we already have a player like that in Tanev. And – I think if he's exposed, he's going to get taken. I know his contract is long and iffy, but I think he's the kind of player you could build your franchise around. And that scares me. And I think losing him would just completely change the whole dynamic of our team. So every point that you just made is incredibly salient. And you could, this is what's, this is what's so scary about this expansion draft as opposed to last. Because I think we all kind of had an idea that we all knew Flurry was, go. was going or Murray, yeah, or Murray, whoever they wanted. We we knew that. And we, in a way, that's so much nicer. Um, because you don't really lose your lines. Yeah, like right now, I'm looking at, you know, that fourth line, the the blue Gerzar and Tanev line, and it would just be so sad if one of them gets taken and I think there's a really good chance one of them does. So something we haven't really talked about, whether you lose Aston Reese or Tanev in our scenarios, you're losing an amazing player. But I just want to talk about the risk value associated with losing Aston and Aston Reese and Tanev aren't who I think is going to get taken out of that forward group. I think it's Zucker. I think it's Zucker. And the reason I'm saying I thought it was Tanev if Tanev was exposed. Yeah. But in my scenario, Tanev's not exposed. And I think Zucker is going to be who they take because he is just a well-rounded player, a well-rounded guy. You know, I think maybe they don't name a captain their first season, but I think he's an A right away. You know, he is a veteran. He's someone that would be great in the room. And I think he's someone who they could really build their team around. It's just, it's just tough to, to expose a 30 goal scorer, a former 30 goal scorer, not even that long ago. What is it? 18, 19. Um, you give him a first round pick for and Kalen Addison. I know. So that's a tough pill spot because I, I think very well, he will be the bottom one gone. I, I really will. Do. I will. I, I would be more worried about exposing him if he he has what one year left on on his contract. He might have two. Two. Can you look that up? I um, I just I feel like we're not going to resign him when his contract's up. So, and I feel like Kapanen could be a Penguin for years and years to come. And I think Tanev. Well, I mean Tanev signed for years and years to come. And like I just I feel like those are the players we're kind of looking to build the future around. And I don't see Zucker in that mix. I don't see us keeping Zucker long-term. Well, so it's a little easier for me to stomach him going, even though I want him to stay. The main reason I, I think it makes sense to expose him and, or trade him potentially 
Uh, because there are See, a trade would be different. A trade would be a little better because I think we can get some value back for him. Not at his cap head. Not right now. He has two more seasons. Two more head. seasons. Okay. So he has... Uh, I don't know why I thought it was one, but... He has no trade clause, but he did waive it, at least in certain aspects, when he got traded from Minnesota. So his cap hit is 5.5. Wow. So... Yes, in the modern-day NHL, for a player of his value, maybe that's not so we, horrendous. And we they didn't retain, no, did they? So no. we gave up. We retained on Bukestad. Um, well, Bukestad, though, is... His, his cap hit will be clear after this year. Yeah, after this year, yeah. Um, which helps, but we're still under a crunch. So if you're looking at your forwards and who's giving you value over the last two seasons, let's say. Let's look at this in a, you know, a COVID vacuum, right? The last two seasons that are COVID-affected. Zucker hasn't really done much for you. So you're really able to say, you know, we gave it a shot. We gave up too much, but that was a previous administration. If I'm Ron Hextall, there's nothing that he's done outside of, you know, his leadership inside the room that makes me say he's worth 5.5. And he, he is incredibly good in the playoffs. We saw that both last year. Like last year, he was the only one that looked like they showed up. Um, and he was good again this year in the playoffs, but 5.5 million good? He's just mm. one of those players that, gives me the feeling of like a Willie Carlson. Like he's going to burn you with 30 plus goals if you let him expose. But I don't yeah. feel like there's an option. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's and, and in my dream scenario, um, I have a defense getting taken, um, but I know that's just a dream. And I'll get into that <laughs> a little bit in the next episode. But um, in or the, the real life, the real life scenario, I think that Zucker gets taken. So last thoughts. Bluger and Carter were left exposed for us. Carter was rumored to be kept by Rob Rossi. We don't think very highly of him generally. <laughs> um, you know, there's no definitive source stating that. Do we think there's any merit to that thinking with one year left on a Carter deal? This is the thing about Carter. Carter was amazing when he came over, but tiny sample size don't know what Carter's going to show up next season. He's old. He has one year left on his contract. I don't think he gets taken. If he does get taken, hmm, you know, it kind of sucks, but not a big deal. Honestly, if he gets taken and we get to keep all of our younger players, kind of a good thing. So, yeah, like, do I want Carter on our team next season? Of course, I want them all on our team next season. But can you waste, like, can you, can you, potentially expose a McCann or a Kapanen for a player that's 37 years old? Not in my opinion. So I, I really hope that they don't do that. I think that would just be crazy. so stupid. So, so stupid if they choose to keep him, keep him protected. And I'll throw a shout out to my, my BFF, Theodore's Bluger. Love him, <laughs> Wilkes-Barre. I think he is a phenomenal shot suppression type player like Zach Aston Reese. Um, versatile, smart. Uh, however, he's never hit his offensive peak. He's never really got his mojo dying in terms of scoring. So, I much thought as it I, was going to be this year. As he much, started the season with it. But. As much as I, I want to hang on to him, if he's the one that they take, you know, I wish him the best of luck. Uh, it, there's some tough choices for the, this new management in Pittsburgh. I think I think Teddy will be on our team next season, even unprotected. I agree. Because I think he's one of those players that's nice more valuable. Yeah, I think he will get a raise. He's more valuable to us than I think 
he will be t- on paper to another team. Agreed. So. Thanks for sharing a very that was a, that was a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the defense and the goaltending next time up. Uh, please give us your thoughts, your comments. Uh, and share if you're so inclined. This is Jess and Seth signing off. Bye. Bye.